Black Boy Joy podcast. You're joined with me, Ainsley, in London. And uh, joined with me in Newcastle, Kieran. <laughs> this is like the first time that we've introduced like where we are before our names. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, without further ado, uh, we are very happy to introduce our very esteemed guest. Um, our very first white person on that Void podcast. He <laughs> describes himself as South London's part with a heart. <laughs> um, please welcome sex educator, writer, host of the Peace Park podcast, Tom Taylor. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm, I actually, I forgot that I'm really honoured to be the first white guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that bad, but I'm the first and the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on my best behaviour. <laughs> we can call me Pale Peach. Pale Peach? Yeah. I was going to say, just for this episode, we're going to change the title of Black Boy Podcast to White Guilt Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Here we go. No, I'm, I, 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 I genuinely am honoured. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's so cool. Honestly, I'm saying that. Yeah, so full disclosure, we actually recorded a podcast months and months ago now. Yeah. Uh, we did it, like, I think it was, like, in the summer months. I don't know if it's because it was going on to, to move house. And I tr- we tried to use, like, this really fancy software. I won't say the name, just in case I don't know. <laughs> but I tried to use some, like, really fancy software, and it just completely failed. Yeah. And, and you have a great thought about it. Uh, and we've um, we've managed to managed to get a new date in the diary. Yeah, um, and the timing's yeah. much better because my podcast is about to come out, so it worked out for the best, really. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of your podcast? I remember you saying what you were going to call it. I've forgotten. Yes. Um, so it, I was going to call it was called Sex with Topher, but I had to change it. That number one reason there's a really famous one in America called Sex with Emily, and I had no idea. And it's like the, one of the biggest podcasts in America. And so, of course, I go up against that. So my search term was kind of like, fuck, excuse my language. And then sex with kept getting me punished. Like, because obviously when, you, when you're queer, queer and sexual, you get, you know, mm-hmm. your, your page is deleted. So I was like, I want to call it sexuality. But then it turned out there's already another one called sexuality. Right, yeah. So I was in bed and I was like, ah, oh, G-spot, T-spot, that works. Done. Because I was sick of thinking about it. So, yeah. it's, so it's the T-spot. That's yeah. my really exciting. I like thing. it. <laughs> it works. I like it. Thank so, you. <laughs> um, to clarify, so the podcast has been going for a while and like you're relaunching it now. Yeah. So I launched back just before, or uh, this is why one of the reasons I stopped. Um, I launched just before COVID happened. So it was all face to face interviews, which when you're talking about sex, like I do, mm-hmm. really helps like, with loosening people up. So I did the first two episodes and then in February 2020, and then covid hit and i couldn't be face to face with people anymore mm-hmm. and it kind of mm-hmm. like for me just the way i talk and stuff and obviously i'm very personal and the conversations get very intimate so i just didn't yeah. feel the same one for me it's, it just really helps if i'm talking to someone about their like butthole yeah. not, it's hard to, it's hard to have the same rapport when you're on video you know yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like because I come from sex shops, I'm used to like this when I'm talking what, the about the face to face, what kind of like a tactile experience, what yeah. they talk and then they talk, and you can have a bit more of like a personable interaction yeah. when you are talking about something like personal sex, to be fair, or maybe not so personal for other people. 
yeah, and I'm very tactile. Like I get like people in the head, I'm joking. I was gonna say I get people in the headlocks, but I don't. I don't even know why I that. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm having a bit of an episode. <laughs> it's all the diet coke I drank today. <laughs> but I am tactile, so like I am kind of like when I'm talking to people, I am always a bit like you know like grab, yeah. if, as long as it's like consensus, I'm always like grabbing people by the arms and the face and stuff. I'm a bit like yeah. an Irish mother, like I'm like grabbing people by the cheeks it's just how I am I'm, I'm turning into my mum basically yeah <laughs> do you ever get that realization that like when you like when you catch yourself doing something or saying something that that reminds you of your parents like I'm turning in I'm turning into them yeah all the time definitely like more the Irish side of my family like it really comes through and I'm like oh god I'm becoming my aunt Carmel yeah, <laughs> like, they're already conservative Roman Catholic, and then there's me, like, hi guys, and they're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I find that when it's when I'm dealing, like, like when I'm around like other people's children, and I see them, I, I see, I see them going on like acting off, acting off all, and like I'll think something, I'll say something that like my mum, that I know my mum would have said before. I was like, that's it, I'm just turning, I'm just turning exactly yeah. into my parents. It always Why comes out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so the T spot formerly Sex with Tulsa, I've actually been uh, been listening to. So I think I've about five episodes. I've got through it. Oh wow! Thank you. I'm with, glad you can bear um, my voice for that long. I can't. <laughs> I think actually, I think your voice is like. I was talking actually. I was like reacquainting myself with uh, like with the first episode today, and you do like you have like a really like kind of like a bit low but really soft voice. Like I always think of like quite like quiet storm, in like radio. Like you're listening to sex with Tulsa. Is it quite like come hither kind of thing? It is. Like, it is. Yeah. It's just basically. <laughs> I think <laughs> when you've been as much of a whore for as long as I have, it just comes through your vocal cords. Yeah. Like everything, everything's sexual. And so, like when when I record, my producer says that I make sex noises. So he's because he I'm always going like, mm, uh, but I do that. And my mm-hmm. I've got a fuck buddy who laughs at me, Wesley, because he's like, you always go like, mm, mid sentence, and I'm like, I just do. That's just how I talk. I'm not trying to be sexy. I think that's really creepy. <laughs> well, I mean, can't help it. But like, it's but it's at least it's like a good voice. I mean, because if you think like when you first said like, oh, it's because of it's because of like being a whore or having sex. The first thing I was thinking was not like a vocal star, but like vocal damage from like taking one penis, one penis <laughs> a bit too far. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really weird timing you said that because I thought I had gonorrhea because of yeah. the way that my, I had like, let's just say I had a romantic experience with a gentleman recently. And I was like, I think I've got gonorrhea because my throat feels really raw. And I wasn't taking into consideration that that part of my body was utilized. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I really thought, I was like, shit, I'm gonna have to go back on penicillin and I get those injections in your bum. But no, just just stretched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad, to hear, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you don't have, you don't have gonorrhea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, well, I think it's like, that's actually very fitting because I'll just like coming on to um, what the teeth. <laughs> T-Spot or formerly Sex with Tulsa and listening to it it's kind of like it's a really good mix of it because you have guests on like most or not all episodes that you have on it but there's always like a section with like just you and I think we've spoken before that like I find the idea of like just you podcasting like not having like someone to bounce off 
quite an interesting thing. It must be like, must, I think, is it, is it difficult or is it easy? I find it, I mean, I find it really easy because that's kind of what I'm used to now. Yeah. Because I'm so like, when you write and stuff, because I, when I was writing articles when I was younger, I just kind of channel what I would type into when I'm talking. So it's just mm-hmm. a bit, I think so much, like my brain is nonstop. I drive myself a bit crazy. So f- to have like an outlet and just like to talk about the guides and because I kind of did my anal guide, which was just me on my own. Yeah. yeah and at first okay. I'm like, who do I think I am thinking someone's going to invest a whole hour just to listen to me without like a special guest? But I was like, no, I need to do it because it's education. Yeah. It's what I like doing. I, I'm passionate about it and I just believe that that would come through. Yeah. Because I'm quite like, I think like I make jokes about my work and stuff, but like the tart with the heart thing is true because obviously I'm very sexual. I love sex, but the heart thing is really important because I really genuinely care about good sex, educated sex, because I made mm-hmm. so many mistakes when I was younger. Yeah. To, to the point where I thought I didn't like anal sex and just realized, no, I was actually doing it wrong. So I think yeah. that I was like, fuck it, just do it. So I keep swearing. Um, um, you so, can try this if you want, by the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, sorry, I, I'm, it keeps coming out because I've been writing product descriptions today and it's all, you know, like gut smasher and all these anal toys. And I'm like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> like, my, my nan would be spinning in her grave right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I, yeah, I just thought I would try it and t- touch wood. Um, it was my second to most popular episode. And I was yeah. like, wow, fuck. I, that meant, like, not to be corny, that really meant a lot to me because that's what I care about. Yeah. And to get fe- that kind of feel, not that kind of interaction for something you genuinely give a shit about doing. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. That's like the million dollar ticket. Yeah. yeah. I've actually listened to, um, like, your guide to anal. And I think the one of the best things about it is that, like, one, because it's so accessible through the means of a podcast. Mm. And two, that it's not like, I think it's really hard to talk about the mechanics of like preparing for sex, douching, everything like that without it sounding a bit prescriptive or a yeah. bit like it's coming from like a textbook. Yeah. Whereas for when um when you're doing it, it's it's more like your mate kind of like you could imagine that if yeah. you're just like the two of you in a room, the conversation would go like would work would, would be something similar to that, which I think people can relate to. I'm glad <laughs> because that that really was the thing. It was well, that was the idea because I was like, right, because when you when a lot of sex educators, I'm not going to try and like throw shade or be negative about anyone, but it's always one of two things. It's very prescriptive or it's almost childlike, mm-hmm. and I can't yeah. bear either because I'm not, I'm not, I hate formalities and I'm mm-hmm. vulgar and I can't help it. It's just who I am. And then also, if someone, I, I find quite a lot of it quite condescending and it's all quite surface level. Mm-hmm. There's things that, like there's just little things you don't think about taking into consideration. You know, like you know the the potential of like ripping yourself, or you know the potential mm-hmm. of like having an accident. Mm-hmm. Because people yeah, go, and if you have douche and you won't have an accident, it's like well, it's not that true, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just uh, I just kind of tr- I tried to cover what I did before I wrote because I it's based on a guide that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote the guide, I thought what what's every mistake I ever made, and I literally wrote them down. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that every mistake I'd ever made, and I spoke to other people that included it all in there in just different ways. Mm-hmm. So, That's mm-hmm. a really good approach <clears throat> because it's like you're bringing the human element to it. And like you lot were saying, when it's prescriptive, it, it's like you've gone to the clinic and you're reading like a pamphlet or a leaflet that they've, they've brought out. But I like yeah. what you've done is kind of you have experience and you're just talking about it like as a human. And yeah. I don't have a great idea. I'll give it a listen actually. Oh. 
Yeah. yeah. If you can bear my voice, I can't. So good. You're just, sure it's a man and I. I. I just hear myself back and I'm like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> like, oh my God, there was a really funny DM sent to the Clone Zone Twitter because the Manchester manager, like Clone Zone, we've got a shop in Manchester. And for mm-hmm. people listening to this, I don't know what Clone Zone is. It's a chain of gay sex shops and I do the brand management and stuff. So we have in the basement they play my podcast I don't I didn't ask him to do it I'm not that kind of self-promoter with clothes though clothes only separate to I try and keep it separate yeah and uh, try to that being the important word try but it always gets into crime but someone was they play my podcast downstairs and someone sent a dm to the twitter saying why am i being forced to listen to this lbc radio this is torture by tofu oh no i know it was so fun but the thing of me is i kind of like being insulted so for me that's like oh amazing like i love it because i like i i like i kind of get off on being like inside i don't know why i find it really funny because you know, there's so much like positivity, like people are like, thank you so much for your sexual education work and stuff. And then someone's like, shut up, bitch. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Consider me humbled. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind the insults as long as they're funny and creative. Like yeah, if someone, sense. yeah, if someone has written like that tweet, like that shady tweet that's like genuinely funny, but insulted at the same time, I, I think you will win. Because you can tell they're not being too serious and they're not trying to be super personal or anything. It's just sort of a bit of humour, even if they yeah. are insulting. There's, yeah. like, there's a lot of course, but yeah. Like. Comparing me to LBC radio or something like torture, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I do and think got- you have a radio voice on radio voice on the podcast, though. It's not like... It's, it's yeah, I don't think I do LBC, radio. <laughs> I think I would rather jump into the Thames than do LBC. That was <laughs> <laughs> wild, absolutely wild. Like I think my dad used to listen to it in like early, like early to mid two thousands, like before it was huge. Um, yeah. I thought it was bearable back then, but then like growing up now, and you see like the odd clips on Twitter, I was like, it's just literally like your common like think think like right wing thinking, like every presenter after the other. Like, yeah. <laughs> my, my friend goes on there quite well not regularly but randomly to do like this like back and forth with like people about like you know hot topics and i'm just like i don't know how you do it because it is just walking into the lion's den and i'm like yeah because i'll they, they'll just end up having to pause me because i'll be going cunt butt bitch fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, i'm not i'm not an eloquent arguer i'm bold, I, I get like i can't so i'd be like shut your fucking mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> I need I mean, to stop swearing. Maybe that's why, like, I don't have a career in politics either, because I don't sometimes, like, I reckon I could be, like, I could do the eloquent stuff, or I could, like, put on, like, I could put on, like, the, um, what, the badge, and I could go on TV, and I could, yes. like, do, like, do the, um, do the, like, tell the party line, do the buzzwords. But, like, one person would get, catch me on the wrong day at the wrong time, <laughs> and I'd, I'd end up, I'll end up reading them for filth and it'd be all over the news. That's what politicians should be like, because I don't like this whole thing. I mean, they're representing us and we are a mix of people of America. Like, just because we all vote in certain just doesn't mean that we're not like, I mean, look at Labour. It's an absolute shit show. You know, it doesn't oh, mean yeah. that I wouldn't be, I don't know if I'm still going to vote because I still don't want to help the other side, but also I want to punch half of them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> but not no, that I'm think... encouraging anyone does that, but I mean, I would like to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I said, like, I could, could actually, especially like us being like gay men, like queers, like it inevitably come off. 
if um, we're going to politics. I don't think that they're ready for me to start reading someone on, on their really bad weave or when I can see their reach, see their reach. Um, when they're trying to come for me, that would be that would be that would be the end. That would be the end of my political career, wouldn't it? I don't know. Well, it might it might be the beginning. Exactly. You have an outburst. You might get fired from the party, but then someone else would pick you up and you go into like a new career path, or maybe yeah. become like an LBC like radio host or something after that. Like, that'd be a <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like LGB. Oh no, that's like LGB lights, but LGBT radio or something. Yeah. Anyway, back to. Uh, the T-spot zone. Yes. So, as I was saying, like, what, you've made your career out of sex, started working in sex shops. At what age? Like, teenager? Like, 18? Yeah, like, 18, yeah. As soon as I was legal, because I, I always, I figured out that that was, my, that was my topic, but I failed my GCSE, so I couldn't go and get a degree in sexology and stuff, because I wasn't accepted. Yeah. Um, so I was like, right. And I just you think like right idiots guide what can I do to work my way up and I was like well let me try sex shops because that seems to be a good industry and it's a growing and this was just you know after the recession and things and the sex toy industry started to boom and I was like well there you go at least it's a, it's a safety net yeah so I, I got a job in a sex shop and just kind of went from there really like I would love it was just like I got lots of opportunities given to me and always funny enough and I was, I was just speaking to my friend about this the other day all of the opportunities I had to boost my career and enhance my career came from women. Mm-hmm. There was, it was the females in our, it was a woman at a sex shop, Jessica, her manager, Nicola. And then when I came into the clone zone side of things, there was a woman called Monique who works for Nexus, which is a sex toy brand. Mm-hmm. And she was going, you need to get that boy off customer service. You should get him on the PR and brand stuff. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, no, no, because they didn't want to take me off it because I was the first person in years to really get a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. I think they were scared to like distract yeah. me and then it was just the, all the women in my office who were like Kerry and Sophia and they were like no he has to mm-hmm. you have to utilize him in different ways so I wouldn't probably wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for the women in the industry that gave me like a leg up yeah if that's I really, really appreciate that <laughs> one thing you make very clear in the podcast actually is that like you are I was like in such reverence of like um of women like really strong um sex, sex positive like yeah confident women um I was one of the uh, episodes that like I just finished uh, before we were gonna um sit down to record with the one that you did with uh, me- uh mistress Evelyn yeah Evelyn so for those who don't know Kieran Evelyn is um what she's a dominatrix that's a that's a term yeah and um so she has you had like a lot of um, a lot of interest. One being kind of like a scat, some like scat domination. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, that's basically well, everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some innocent people out there. Let's not bring. Yeah, she shits in their mouth basically. Yeah. <laughs> and on the podcast, the on the episode, you were saying that like. Oh, I, I, I don't have, like, I don't have any toilet humour at all. And I definitely don't, like, she was saying that, like, oh, there's such a taboo and stigma about, like, about that issue. And I am yeah. definitely a proponent of that stigma, <laughs> like, 100%. But I thought, I, I, you know, like, when, like, when my ex-boyfriend used to, like, fart around me and stuff, I'm like, I know that your friends probably find it funny. I really don't, and I can't help it. So mm-hmm. get the fuck away from me. <laughs> like, I yeah. hate it. I, yeah. I wish I did. I wish I was more of that, but that's my one 
I'm completely open about everything, but the one thing that makes me severely uncomfortable is anything related to poo. Yeah. Dog shit, baby shit, cat shit, get it away from me. I don't want to see it. I don't yeah. want to deal with it. I'd, I'd rather call the police than pick yeah. up a <laughs> But I, yeah, because um, you, you, like, you did mention that. And when she was saying all of these things that she'd done with clients and how to prepare for them, yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my God, I was not prepared for it. And yeah. I thought you handled it incredible, incredibly. I assume it was like a visual pub, a visual element. You didn't, we didn't see it, but you might have seen the her. Because if I was in your position, I think my face would have given me away, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think because with me, because of my job now, that I've done so many years of working with people that do such extremes, like sexual extremes and BDSM and stuff, that I, I've really learned to just discuss the, re- like, because of my the side of the industry I went into, which is like the education side and stuff. So I, I'm always interested in the psychology behind it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think of like when I was talking to Evelyn about like her pooing on people. What I was thinking about is the mindset of the guy, why he wants to be pooed on, yeah, and how she gets herself in the in the headspace to do it because that's not something I could eat. Like, no, I know. Yeah, on never, level, never, yeah. Never yeah. I think I like what you said about the psychology because one time I think I was scouring the internet and and similar i think a lot of people have this opinion they have like lots of different fetishes and things i understand but the one thing they can't wrap their head around is like poop um so i went to reddit as i usually do and i thought are there any scat people on here like let's see what they say and yeah. someone had asked the question oh you know scatters of reddit but um, like can you explain why you like it what is it about it that turns you on because i, I want to i want to understand um what did some people say something like um they like to be sort of degraded um a couple said they liked how it tasted like, but in, in general, it was the taboo part, part of it, or just sort of how, how, how it just made them feel really like dirty and low. I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons out there, but I'll, I'll never get it personally. But, um, so, yeah. The one thing that came up in, in that episode is that she was talking about like humiliation, basically. So I think it's the idea that like there's someone who's down who you feel like they have to fucking take someone's shit, literally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like that's the gratifying yeah. part, and they were it's saying, wild, yeah, so talking about like intimacy as well, like that. Um, obviously, it's like a very private moment that like even another person share. I mean, it's not. I, I don't think of the headspace that any one of us could get in, but according to her, there were lots of people. Like there were way <laughs> more people than we think you do. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. be interested to know who I've bumped into who's into that. I mean, I'll probably never find out, but I'd, I'm just curious. I'm like, I must have met someone like surely, just how many people around. Yeah, I, that's that's what we that, like. Funny, we talk about sex shops a minute ago. Like when I first started working in when I was younger, I always remember this dominatrix said to me like, because I got all the dominatrix used to mother me when I was really young because I looked mm. like a kid and I was in these I was in these venues and everyone was like. What is this child doing here? I'm like, I'm 18. <laughs> she always said to me, when you're in Soho, because back then it was still very vicey. Like this is like 2007, 2008. It was still quite asexual. You know, like now it's just Pret-a-Manger's and T-shirt shops. Yeah. Back, back then it really was very, like there was, you know, the, there was a lot of strip joints and the gay porn cinema and sex shops. And she said to me, like, when you see a gentleman with a black holdall in Soho, that's not his gym gear and stuff and I was like what do you mean and then 
one day there was a guy that came in the shop and I sold him dildo and he had like a black, literally like exactly what she described. And he unzipped it to put the toy into it and it was like full of like BDSM gear. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. So it wasn't just like some provocative thing to say to me to wind me up. She actually meant like, you know, you'd never know what's going on behind there, like behind that. I, because of obviously my job, I find that fascinating. I love yeah. it. And that's why I did that episode because everyone was like, Are you sure you want to do an episode about Sky? Are you sure it won't put people off? I'm like, no, because everyone's going to be curious about the most, one of the, what's the, one of the most, I mean, the most taboo things in the world are probably deaf, poo, you know, all those like real, mm. I'm not going to do an episode about like deaf, but I can do yeah. one about poo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's I, like, like it sparked my interest. That's why I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the sort of the most shocking fetish. I think off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that's sort of seen the, as the fetishes get, get deep. Like I've, I've been <laughs> asked, I, I've been asked for some things before, and I'm just you can't believe. Like when I was young, especially in the shops, and someone comes up to you and says, "Hi, do you have any child porn?" And you're like, oh, "What?" And you're like, Ooh. "Excuse me," and they'd be like that frank, like. And it, when you're like nine, I think I was 19 when it happened. And we ended up getting the guy arrested because he, yeah. he, he went into the sex shop next door. And I was like, right, call the police now. Mm. Call the police. And he got arrested. Yes. Then there was no proof, was there? We just asked for it. He wasn't carrying child porn. I don't know what's on his hard yeah. drive. But in that moment, I was like, call the police, call the police. Yeah. <laughs> what else could you do really? Not? Also, I think if he was into that, would you not be more cautious? But clearly not. But um, that is punk. So brazen. I thought it was. I, I was waiting for a cam, like you like a punk kind of thing. And the crew pop out to see what yeah. you're doing. I was like, what? <laughs> but yes, some of the fetishes get real, real dark. And I think I, I mean I'm a very open-minded person. Obviously, I've worked with it for a long time, but I draw the line. You know, I'd say that there are some things that get really extreme, and I just have to be like. No, I have to. We have to agree to disagree on that one. Politely. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I can only, only imagine. Yeah. And I think a lot um, of the extreme ones as well, they like to force, like the, these random guys that come out of nowhere and women, but mostly guys in my case, and they're like, they want to force it on you. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. rule number one of anything like that is communication and consent, right? Yeah. Mm. Maybe ask me before assuming that you want to like, tie me to a crucifix and stab my ass or something I mean, like it's just it's really extreme yeah. like but it's always that that vulgar come on that i find really i mean i don't like that in any capacity yeah. especially with an extreme it, extreme like is it like, when this is it when the fetishists move towards there's not really a sexual element it's more of like a violent kind of element that someone yeah. happens to find like arousing it's, it's it tends to be that doesn't it like the, the really weird ones yeah, and it's it's like though it's I found from my experience it's it's the real extreme you know like taboo stuff that and the attitudes around it like from the people that partake in it is so aggressive and almost yeah. like you're you're gonna like I'm dominant and you're gonna be my star but I'm like bitch I will eat you alive like I know I may look like I'm <laughs> like, you ain't gonna boss me around like everyone yeah. tries it doesn't work I just mm. but yeah it's not not my bag. That actually, the whole dom sub relationship is something that Kim and I discussed quite a few times on the podcast before. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And I think obviously, like with gay men, traditionally, if you're supposed to be dominant, then you're supposed to be like a top, and you're supposed to be submissive, you're supposed to be a bottom. And no matter, like, because people can be like more dominant and more sub, 
and like I cannot I kind of understand it when it's like if you're having sex and it's aware that you want to have it but then people take that as like their actual identities kind of so like in um in real life like I'm a dom just like in like just like just just walking down the street I'm a dom and this person's a sub and that that's that's one thing that I've, I've never quite understood I think it, that that's very much like I would put that down to if it's a queer person you grow up queer and you finally got something that's yours and it man it just takes over your whole life I don't know how healthy that is like if it's a consensual thing with a partner in public that's fine but like when it becomes your whole thing I think well there should be some another element to you like yeah it's it's fun to put these things away sometimes and open up yeah I think so I mean that's just because I've worked with people and like most of the people that I know that live full-time in a certain personality because of like their sex it's usually got an undertone of you know something bad going on in the background right I guess that's that is kind of like an assumption that people make about um about that is that like if you're if people in like in roles like that then people kind of always go back to like what happened before in their childhood yeah. or what like what like what has this person experienced and made them think of want to go through life this way and uh, when it comes, if I, because like I am a top when I have sex, I think more about like the dumb side, I guess, I guess of it. And I wouldn't, because I, I don't think I would describe myself as, as dominant in any relationship. Maybe like if I'm if I'm in a sexual sexual situation, maybe like I'm dominant because I'm the one who's doing the action. But I think it starts and stops there. But like I kind of think that people who like really want to take it and run with it, like you must address me this way, you must do this, that, and the other. It kind of makes me feel like this person's just a bit insecure because they need everything <laughs> like to be like this way or that way. And if they don't, they just get like upset or like sometimes resort, resort to violence, which I guess if it's consensual, then fine. Yeah, it's, that's what it comes down to. As long as it's like clearly, because uh, what I don't like is like it's like I was saying with the extreme style, it's like when people push it push the role onto you mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm so the wrong person to do that to you because I will inst- that's my gut reaction please push back I've always been like that since I was a kid yeah, yeah. so I'm like the wrong person to do it to so these poor men who are like yeah you're gonna be my bitch and I'm like oh, I don't think so like uh, that <laughs> yeah. now you've t- now you've turned me off so now I'm gonna push back even more <laughs> so, yeah I found that similar but I've like sort of hooked up with tops in the past and they kind of, it's like they think there's only one way to be a top and it's not just the bedroom stuff, but it's all around in general. They think they can talk to you a certain way, that they can sort of do things to take the mick out of you. And, and that's what put me off like hooking up for a long time or just basically just not doing anal at all for a long yeah. time. They don't Definitely. have you in a And the amount, of one, the, the amount of tops that don't like, well, not, I don't want to insult anyone's sex, but the amount of tops who don't know how to fuck and they hurt, they hurt people. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and well, that, that's, that's how I thought I didn't love anal for years when I was younger. Yeah, I was just, but I was sleeping with someone that didn't prepare me or no. Do you mean it was like the blind leading the blind? I thought I hated it, and he didn't know how to do it, so it was like a never ending perpetual. Yeah, yeah, and then I shagged someone else, and I was like, actually, I kind of loved this. Yeah, yeah, it's like an aha moment, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was my aha, my aha moment was like the most. Something is like it had been written for me and given to me by God. So I broken up. I broken up with my ex after six years together. 
and it, exactly a year to the day it went not knowingly the day, the day that I'd left him a year later I was in LA on holiday because my friend lives in East LA so I'd gone to stay with her I don't want to sound bougie I was staying in like my friend's house I wasn't staying in an LA hotel that's the only reason I could afford it and then exactly it was exactly a year to the day I went out and I'm I hooked up with this tattooist mm-hmm. and just like thought I'd go back to his and I ended up sleeping with him and it was exactly so I hadn't had sex for literally 365 days and that was maybe it was subconscious but I doubt it and then I had sex with him and it was absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and it was like the universe gave me this beautiful tattooist from Glendale and I, it was just like <laughs> wow I love sex (laughs) and I never thought I would love anal and it was just he knew what he was doing he was great and he was beautiful and a really nice guy so it was like thank you universe now I'm a butt pirate (laughs) 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 that's a good question actually I guess you've given one there Tulsa well Kieran I'd be interested to hear from you Mm. name a very positive sexual experience you've had positive yeah Oh god, I've had loads. Um, yeah. I I was having sex with someone a few months ago, and this was I um two months ago. So I just broken up with my boyfriend. I was feeling really lonely, and I was having sex with someone that I've known for a long time. He's always very like you know like you're. Do you think of your stereotypical down low, discreet, doesn't want to like, and just mm-hmm. like during sex, just looked me in the eye and was like, "You're so pretty." I've never ever heard someone say, but the sex was great as well. But it was just when someone says something right at the right time. Yeah. Because I'm really psychological of sex. It's set like I don't want to be gross and sorry to any listeners aren't as sexual as me. My prostate orgasm is really psychological. Oh, really? So because you said that to me, I felt like, oh, I'm gonna have an orgasm because I can feel that now as I keep talking to me. Yeah. And then like, yeah, and it, but it, it was just really positive. It was a really lovely experience. And just, I was never expect someone like him to come out because it kind of say it without saying it. Yeah. And just to oh. look me dead in the eye and say it, like literally like nose to nose. And I was like, yeah, okay. Because I'm, I, I compliment people all the time. To me, it's just part, of, I, I believe in compliments, but to get it back from someone else from, that I would never expect it from, I was like, okay. And yeah. that was positive. Okay. And key? Um, hmm. I would say when I was on, was it holiday? It was holiday. Um, I lived in France for a little bit and I went back like a year later, but not to the same city. And just to do that, I'd spoken to him like online a few times because he was an idiot and he was all right in person. Then, um, (laughs) I don't know, we had like a good chat. Um, I practiced my French, he's practiced English. And I just think, well, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I think that's more I, I discovered that there are people out there who are actually good at, you know, at rimming. Um, yeah. Point where I was just like, orgasm being like, being like eaten out. And I was just like, wow. I was just like, I oh didn't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and then like, not to sound too, into going too much detail, but then like, I started implementing his techniques like in the future kind of thing. And yes. like, and now, like, I'm really critical of someone who's like really bad at rimming. I'm just like, what are you doing? Or if they're just doing it for themselves and not for the partner. But that, yeah, that, that opened my eyes, like, truly. Right. I love that, and I think that you said something really important. That's why I'm always trying to say in my work. Like, I learned, like, uh, the reason I, I'm like, I'm assuming I'm good in bed. I've, I've had pretty good feedback. <laughs> like, I, it's because I think about what feels good, and I always pay attention to what's done to me, and I kind of like, right you think about like how is that part of the body's design so play with those nerve endings move your thing here like 
penises yeah. are designed to respond to vaginas. So turn your mouth into a vagina and all that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it's just stuff like that. Oh, and what about you, What's the positive oh, section? I was hoping that, um, that I'd, I'd get glossed off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too nosy. <laughs> um, a really good one. Though I've been in a relationship for a year and a half um, with my boyfriend. I'm planning to a particular one. Yeah. That was that that's was good, though, that you got, you got so many to pick from. That's, that's, a, good, that's a sign of a good relationship. The few, yeah, he... Um, he um he knows what he's doing <laughs> we like to hear this <laughs> um, the best one that I've, the best one that i've actually had is probably um so the day before the night before we've just been arguing and we don't argue like we, we like, never never argue well that yeah. time we had and i think they're really tense i'm like we had the makeup and um, whatever and then like, we decided to see each other that day. And then you know, like when like you've been like you've had I don't know a bit of weird tension with someone. Yeah. And like when you see them again, you kind of like don't know how to act. Like do like yeah. do this, do, do that. But I was like, so you are like the horniest thing I've ever been at that time. <laughs> to the point where you know, like when it's like basically I need to rip the clothes off. Yeah, yeah. That, that was what that's what we did. We were like in his living room. <laughs> um, it was like his his flatmate could have come because he was out, but he could have come back at any time. Well, that and makes I, it hot. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like ripped his clothes off, did the deed, and it was just one of the most intense orgasms I've ever had. Amazing. So, it, yeah, that's one of them. See, we. Kind of like angry sex, but you think you kind of made up by that point. Of we made sex. up, yeah. So like, wasn't necessarily. I mean, it was. It was. A bit, it was more aggressive. Yeah, it was. It was more aggressive like, than res- usual. Residual yeah. anger. Yeah. Yeah, but like it wasn't like I wasn't taking out any anger on him necessarily. It was just like more aggressive than usual. Yeah. Or I used, to, I used to want. I used to date someone a couple of years ago, and I used to purposely wind him up because the more I pissed him off, I knew we'd make up, and then we'd have the amazing sex. And I used to start arguments with him when he was at work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I was joking. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm not gonna lie, that sounds toxic now. Oh no, it's just like basically, but we used to bicker, so I used to like bicker with him because I knew that when we'd, <laughs> but but it, surprisingly, it didn't work out long term. Yeah. <laughs> that was my yeah. little. He was beautiful. Anytime I've given an anal orgasm as well. But that's like for the other person, so that's when I've achieved something. Yeah, mm. that, that's what my ex used to say. He could like, he, like if he gave me prostate orgasm, he was like, I, just, I don't even need to come. Like that yeah. was enough. I'm like, no, you're going to come, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lie down, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. yeah. So a great part of your podcast actually is, um, so um, the ones that I've, I've listened to, like towards the end, you take like, some questions from like fans, from like um, emails where you kind of, some of them like they really run the gamut of the type of questions you have. So there ones that's like, why do you wear heels? There's ones that talk about the specific mechanics of sex. Yeah. So I thought, I'd, yeah, I thought I'd, um, I would, I, I would come to you, we come to you for an issue, see what we can do to what we can work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I actually, am... sorry, go on. 
As I just recorded the Ask Topher of the first episode of T-Spot yesterday. Yeah. So I'm oh, glad okay. that one brought up because it, it felt weird doing it again. And I was like, right, there you go. And it was just, I don't read a lot of the questions until the day I, I put them all in an email folder mm-hmm. or I screenshot them and put them in an iPhone folder. Yeah. And then it made me laugh that one of the questions is just obviously from like someone who's like really discreet or whatever. And they've obviously, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, my phone just made noise. Oh, um, uh, he's like just messaged me saying, are you single? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you single? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I like it. I, I love, that's my favourite part, really. But hopefully it gets to the point where that's almost like the full show. Yeah. Just, yeah. But we'll get there, like, uh, hopefully, as if it grows, touch wood. Well, some listener feedback. I actually quite like that there's a bit of variety in the show. So that like there's a bits of you talking, there's um, segments of you with a guest. There's ones with um, like when you're just taking in um, the questions from fans. And I guess like one, actually one thing that I'm starting to learn about podcasting is, is that I think you always feel like you need to have a formula. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. So yeah, yeah. If I'm so out of the loop as well because yeah, I'm finally back and I, I, was, I, was, I was recording last week and I, we were just like I kept saying to my producer what do we do next I forget and he's like just do what feels natural and we can figure it out and I'm like because I'm so used to structure and I structure myself so like for work and stuff yeah and he's like just like relax you're talking about people's assholes like just have yeah. a <laughs> relax a little bit <laughs> Well, again, I guess it's because like you're doing a specific subject and you are trying to impart knowledge as well. So I can't understand, like I can't understand the, um, like the want to want to be a bit more structured in the way you deliver the content in kind of what you do. Sometimes not always necessary. Like, or sometimes like you're on, um, like I don't know, something you're talking about will catch fire, and that'll be a, a subject that you can take from one bit to right to the end of it. And I think you should just let it happen whenever. Yeah. I, I still feel like a complete newbie. Like I'm just real. I'm just going back in now, almost blind. I'm just like, right, let me try it again with a new yeah. name. Now I can see people face to face, which was my biggest hindrance for me because I couldn't. Like I don't, I don't. But when I'm when I'm in my work mode, yeah, it really, really benefits me to have that person in front of me. It yeah. really does. It's just yeah. kind of who I am. I'll always be like that. And mm-hmm. So it just now I can. The the format of the show is everyone kind of comes to my flat. Yeah. I'm like, welcome to my house. Like, you sit on my sofa and talk to me. And that literally is what I did. So my first guest is a fetish and sex photographer called Matt Spike. Mm -hmm. So we do a photo shoot on the episode and then I interview him. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of gives it that almost interactive element because you can see the outcome of our shoot and stuff. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's just an excuse for me to do a photo shoot. (laughs) Yeah. Finally, I feel spent now. He, he wanted to photograph me for ages. And I was like, you know what? He's a really fascinating guy. He's like really interesting. He's got so much history in the kink side of London. And I'm not mm-hmm. kinky at all, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm like, cool. Then it's like, there's an there's a innocent curiosity from my part because it, it doesn't necessarily turn me on, but I'm curious about it. So we yeah, have, so. He, and he's great. He's, he's um just a really fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. One of my questions that I was going to come up actually is that like, Obviously, you've taken a bit of time. You've come up with a new name. You've done some new branding. Like what? So, what can we expect from the T-Spot podcast that might be a bit different from Sex with Tulsa? Uh, the conversation is going to be much more organic, and it, I think the word I'm going for is intimate because I am talking to people face to face now. 
Mm. And like, it re- it, for me, like I've already done the interview with Matt and it just made a monumental difference because yeah. you're there, you know, you haven't got your video in the corner of the screen to distract you. You're not worried about what, necessarily worried about what you're wearing or mm. technology. You're just chatting, you're chatting shit, yeah. you know? And it's, for me, like, I, as you might probably be able to tell, I've got a verbal diarrhea. I talk, <laughs> I, I love people. I love people so much. Like I'm the person that goes to the shop and ends up talking to the guy at the shop. I've become my local Viagra dealer, by the way. Um, <laughs> I just love, I, I love people. I love it. Yeah. It should be called the People Podcast because I'm, I'm like that. Have you seen that film with Amy Adams where she's like the Disney princess who gets dropped in New York and gets smacked by reality? I know which one you're talking about. I've not watched it myself. <laughs> That's basically me. Like I am, yeah. the, I live in this world where everyone's wonderful, and I want to interact with everyone. And every day I get like a cricket bat to the face. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what an image that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm very, I'm an artist with my words. But yeah, no, I just love people, and to to do it face to face makes a difference. So basically, I think any what people can expect is just open honest conversations which hopefully people listening might have some questions answered of their own just Mm -hmm. through natural natural conversations that's Mm -hmm. I structure the conversations so I get the the nitty-gritty out so I'm not just going oh you're a porn star you get fucked what's that like I'm like why do you do it what's the money like (laughs) yeah how's how's life how's the career how has COVID affected you are you happy what do your kids you know and and it's not just about salacious stuff it's the emotional side of it that I like yeah, yeah, that's the truth. It's, yeah. it's all very real. That's the truth because I I love what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think also, <laughs> also like when we discuss sex, it can really often like turn like quite voyeuristic. So yes. like, and rather than like rather than you wanting to rather rather than someone wanting to like find out like what is it like to like to work in sex work or to work in porn or to do anything that someone does like. It's always people just want the want the tea, they want gossip, like what yeah, is a lot of well, yeah. answers is, yeah, rather yeah. than discussion. Yeah. Yeah, which you do uh, which you do you do well with actually. You do um, you do really well with like because obviously like people want the tea. So I, 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 I don't mind when people like telling me uh, like telling me about like I don't know what happened, this uh, had an order this time I, I got um, I got fisted, whatever, fine. But also like you need a bit of light with shade, don't you? <laughs> so yeah. And I, you I, know, I, well. And I've actually done it with the podcast before, right? I mean, there's a couple of interviews where people have said things that are really, really revealing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you sure you want me to keep that in there? And we've actually ended up taking it out. And that's just my conscience because I don't want it to become like, for example, with Rebecca on my mm-hmm. episode one, like more MILF of Cock Destroyers mm-hmm. fame, if anyone listening mm-hmm. knows. You know, she, there was a moment where she spoke about her kids. Yeah. And I was like, that's juice for the podcast, hearing a, a porn start talk about her children and how they feel yeah. and I was like no nah, I just don't want to keep that in there because yeah. it's too it, that's her babies and I don't want I'm not I'm not that interested in going up the charts that I'm willing to you know because it just came out because the conversation was so natural between us yeah yeah and I was like I no, my conscience was like now nah, we have to cut that out and my producer was like are you sure I'm like cut it out yeah I, I insist like yeah definitely I think even in like the course of conversation between Kieran and myself, sometimes we like like go into go into places in conversations that like it doesn't know. It's like when like once it's out there, it's out there for people to see. And sometimes we're like not always ready for that. And like yeah. Um, knowing, yeah, knowing knowing that people can feel safe to know that like if it's stuff that's like really personal, they can 
cut out. Yeah, well, I, and I, I always give guests clearance afterwards because I think that's important to me. Like, I could just keep the episode and keep all the salacious, crazy stuff, but for what? Like, is it really worth upsetting someone or fucking up someone's career or their or yeah. potentially their relationship with their kids? So you can have a nah, fuck that. I don't want to. I don't want that on my conscience. Yeah, yeah. We tend to do the heads up before, but so if it goes anywhere, any sort of anywhere you're uncomfortable with, just let us know. We can take it out after. Or it might happen during the conversation, but usually we kind of don't go into any like sticky terrain, do we really? Honestly, we tend to avoid it. Yeah, we tend to avoid it. Like, I mean, we're Black Boy Joy podcast. We're not here. To, we're not here to make people feel bad. We want it to be a safe space for yeah. the people who um, who come onto the podcast. Not, I don't. I never want it to be something that someone regrets. Yes. The question of editing is usually when it's just us two. And Amy was trying to say to me, oh, this would be good to discuss on the podcast. And I'm just like, I'm not ready. But I think it's great that you used to have got that like rapport because I, when I was younger, like I have to admit, I came out with some things publicly. Well, not public. I'm talking about myself like I'm fucking Madonna. But like, I've, said, I've said things and put it out there that I wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of people goading me and knowing that I was the mouthy one. Mm-hmm. Like... Like if it's the Spice Girls, I'm definitely like Jerry. I'm like that, and, I, yeah. and people know that with me. And my friends are very good at shutting people down when they're saying stuff to me. Because I'm like, oh yeah, because there's me going like, honesty, honesty. Like here I am, and they're like, Tofa, shut up for five yeah. minutes. It's gonna be used against you. Yeah. Well, I think like in Kieran's case, like there are some things that you say that are like, or like stories or anecdotes that like haven't made the podcast. But like, I've been calling you to say them because like they then my I don't see them as things that are embarrassing or things that would like that would make you feel um, or communicate from across in a certain way. They're just like really funny stories or yeah, they're just like really great that you've really. been in. Yeah. yeah. That like, people can relate to. But obviously yeah. if, it, if it's attached to a feeling, then I can then I can understand why you like you don't you're not always ready for anyone to like be privy to something that makes you that makes you feel or give you that memory. Uh, sometime in the future so I do understand that yeah it's just about doing something but just keep like with me anyway just keeping it fair and fun I don't want to be salacious or gossipy I just want to be like it's about intimacy and like yeah. fun. as long as people listen to it and get get something out of it or they're at least entertained mm-hmm. or maybe learn how to put something up their butt <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's for true. and uh, I don't want to be a gossip situation it doesn't appeal to me yeah. I'm, I'm really shit at gossip because I don't really care. Yeah. Because people go to me, oh, oh, did you see what he, I'm like, babes, you realise what I do for a living, right? It's going to take it's going to take something really bad to get my attention. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care if someone, how well someone wards the Met Gala. I like, good luck. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, I, just, I just want, I want my red wine, my real housewives and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. My life is very simple now and I, I really like that simplicity and I think that salaciousness and gossip and stuff is it's fun for four minutes but I, I take I just don't like it I don't like mean-spirited stuff it doesn't yeah. align with me yeah, and it always ends up upsetting me <laughs> yeah I'm very I'm very sensitive yeah I have a question for you Tulsa so yes. like um on your like uh on your social media oh if you do a lot of promo for the podcast now uh, I've seen you in such like great elaborate like lingerie makeup. Got yeah. the, uh, got the chest out for the boys. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> oh. 
and um, as, again, like um, the topic of like come like body and body confidence comes up for the podcast a lot because that is very very alien to me. Like I don't understand it's, how some yeah. I, with, yeah, people ask me this a lot, and I I don't want to sound like contrived or or like I'm talking shit. I grew up like really really badly bullied, like badly, not just like. I was harassed yeah. and then to the point where I got removed from my education and stuff. So yeah, I, I got put through a crash course of having to love myself. And that sounds corny, but it is actually true because I'm like, if, if I start absorbing and my mum, who's an amazing, strong woman, like my family, like a strong Irish, she's like, you kind of have to accept the things about yourself that aren't going to change. And I know I'm not the best thing in the room. I'm probably not the worst, but I can tell you like, and my friends will back me up. I'm probably the one that likes myself the most yeah like I love myself not from a superficial point of view I've just accepted that things won't change so when I put on silly outfits and stuff I laugh at myself yeah sometimes I think I look cute I laugh at people's reaction to it um but ultimately I I do it because I like how it looks yeah Yeah. I mean I guess that's a great answer but like with me I just I yeah um, the whole I don't feel I just don't feel I could do that like so to give an example like um you know Prepster Yes. Um, they give out like free tank tops. Like, we have to just like say, I want one. I was going to wear it for this interview. I just took it off because I dripped um, sauce on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm deadly serious. It's on my stairs. Right, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I've got one as well. And they say, I mean, they give it to you for free. So, part of the market, they like to wear one and post it on the internet. And like, I, I've tried, I can't, like, I just can't do it. Is um, it yeah. the tank top bit or the branding bit or both or? No, oh, it's, 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 it's like it's a vest, so it's like a tank top. So like you see your arms and stuff. So, oh, yeah. so the fact that the tank top, I mean, like that's what kind of stops you. It's not the logo. It's just just the. Fact oh no, it's, it's not the logo. Like no, it's not that. It's just like me, like bearing so much skin. Is yeah, and like I remember, like I remember when I was single and on grinder, people used to ask for like body pics of me. And I used to find it just, I, I never used to do it. I used to find it like really uncomfortable, like really, really uncomfortable. I also so think that's fine. I think because there are people like me, like I kind of, I'm obviously influenced by my industry as well. So that's probably why I'm so, I show so much skin, but it doesn't mean you have to. I think that we're way, things like Grinder and stuff like Meat Market is about like, you know, making yourself the most appealing from a group of seven guys that are all messaging at the same time. But I don't think, you necessarily need to be shirtless or something but yeah. I think it's great I think and every time those those guys share those pictures the guys get you see the replies so much positivity yeah I love prep star so much they're such an amazing team I love Mark I love Phil yeah same they're, they're amazing same I mean like um Mark I've met him a few times and I've always been like really nervous about him. Like, yeah, I, I get um, it. He's an icon. Like. Yeah, like Blackout UK do like uh, have done a few events for like uh, like black queer men that um Kira and I have been to. I've been to another one alone. And every time I've been, like one of them, we did like kind of like a live podcast thing. So we were a bit nervous about that. We didn't know how it was gonna go. Yeah. So like, when we I came talk to him, I was just a bit like, <laughs> I don't know, like a bumbling fool when I was an idiot. Really? But he's like, he's so approachable. Like, um, he's approachable. It's, not he, it's not him, it's me. It's oh, not right. him here. Yeah. <laughs> it's because your idea is... like... I don't, yeah. And then like, the second time, I was like, really hungover. So like, <laughs> you know, kind of conversation, I was just like, you know, when you're like, your head is sinking into like a cup of Starbucks. 
Mm. It was like that, so it's just been, I don't know, I'm not sure if I've ever, ever made a good impression or not, probably not, to be honest with you. Sure, yeah. He's such a nice guy, he's such a positive yes. force, like every time I have a conversation with him, and I met him for the first time recently at the Royal Box Tavern, yeah. and I, I came off stage and the first thing, because I'm shitting myself because I got interviewed live on stage, and I'm not good on stage at all, and I came off stage terrified, sweat, literally sweating, and the first thing I got was this massive embrace from Mark. Oh, like someone I really admire. The first time I met him was him just embracing me on stage, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like wonderful! Like such a nice guy, and it really really helps me because I was like, I did such a bad job. That was terrible. I look nervous, and he's just great. And the work he does. You don't enjoy um, life, um, what like public speaking, live stuff. No. Okay, to be fair, that's actually not like I'm saying that like I'm like I'm surprised by it, but that's um, I feel like that's a common so. Yeah, I, I, hate it. I hate it. I, you can't see people's face. What I didn't like is I couldn't see people's faces because the stage lights. Right. Some people, uh, some people prefer that. Some people find when you can see people's faces, they find it off-putting. Oh, I'm the opposite. I was like kneeling down below the stream of the light just so I could yeah. see people when I was talking because I'm like, again, intimacy, that's my job. So I'm like, I want to see your facial reactions to me. Yeah. And also I realised the outfit I was wearing, I didn't think about the fact that people were looking up <laughs> wow. so, like, <laughs> the, the front row looked know me really well. <laughs> um, by the way, I couldn't I couldn't end the podcast without mentioning Madonna, who comes up so often in your um, in your podcast. Yes. So she's just like I, I, people. I know people think it's sad and stuff, but I don't care. Like when I grew up, like again, like I said, I didn't really have many people around me other than my family. And just like Madonna was the first person who inspired me. She's the first person that told me it was okay to be gay. Mm -hmm. You know, she's the first person that dressed in a way that I thought was like cool. And I was like, she's just been like a constant. And obviously I'm 32 and I've grown up with her and she's been constantly there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's quite hard not to have a continued obsession because it's not like she goes away for 10 years. Yeah, She's always pumping stuff out. So she's like a constant in my life. Yeah, I I love Madonna. Again, yes. like she's one of those, she's one of those um, like artists that's like one of the artists that makes you gay. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So I think when I was about 13, there was some like, it must have been like an anniversary or like what an, Madonna's anniversary or something like that. And that was the, that was the era of like the music channels. So it wasn't like MTV Bates or anything like that. It was like one of those like smooth or something. And they played like back to back to back Madonna. And I'm talking like, all the music that she'd done at that point, so like from the very beginning, like yeah. borderline. Oh, like, I love borderline. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right up to like, um, I'm not sure if Bad of the Day had come out yet. Maybe it has. But, like I can vividly remember the video. Right up to then, and yeah. that's when that's where it began for me. I think that's probably if people didn't know already, or people didn't didn't, didn't suspect already, then. That was like confirmation for them. She gets a lot of flack and I do think she can do some really ignorant things without even realising it. But because of her as well, like I learned a lot about culture because of Madonna. Because mm-hmm. I grew up in Eltham, like people like white trash, racist town, South London. Yeah. There was no culture. Like I thought Islam was a country until I was about 10. And I'm oh not my joking. gosh. Yeah. And then literally it's that enclosed. It's like yeah. being, it's, it's its own like sphere. It's like you know that, uh, the, the Simpsons movie where it has the sphere over the top. 
Yeah. They they should do that. Um, <laughs> um she she introduced me to so much growing up and like because mm-hmm. of her, I was kind of excited to get out into the world. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds corny, but I've got to be honest, that's the truth. She's the reason yes. I really felt confident enough to do a lot of things in my life. Yeah. Do, do you like Milana Kay? Have, I don't we've ever discussed her before, have we? Yeah, no, I, I do. I'm I'm not like a super fan. I know a fair bit of her music. Um but she's not someone that I'm like sort of super, super into. But I do like a lot of her tracks. But I don't really, I don't really know that much about her. Um, okay, so you should listen to, of all song, you should listen to Deeper and Deeper. That's my favourite Madonna song. Oh, so oh, good. You've mentioned it to me before and I didn't listen to it. Let me write it down. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we do this on like every podcast. Like, it always like house, house in 90s. It's yeah, like, it's, it's brilliant. What, um, what Madonna part- songs do I like? I like Borderline. Mm. Uh, Papa Don't Preach. I like oh, one of the new ones from 2012. Um, Girl Gone Wild. That was um, mm. when did that come out? It was like, I think it's 2012. It was, it was like when she was trying sort of more modern age stuff, but I really like that particular song. Holiday, there's probably loads to be fair, but um, yeah, yeah. Deep, deeper and deeper. Yeah, and yeah, she's like she's a bit like me as well. Like, we're both like aging white slappers. <laughs> <laughs> I can admit it. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I'll be holding on to the fountain of youth. <laughs> yeah, because people mean, try and clown her for like, you know, it's like, oh, she needs to realise her age while she's still dancing around. Like, but like, you know, if she can, then why not? Like, why? Like, it's life, life is sure. I mean, that's what I like about her is that she kind of, I think like, oh, surely she won't do it. Like, that's going to be too, she's going too far and she does it again. And it kind of encourages me. I'm like, no, don't second guess yourself. Like, this woman's 63 and still doing that shit that gets her like, the hate she gets and um, that she still does it and I think that's quite as long as you're not you do your intentions are good you're not harming people but your only concern is if someone's going to judge you for how you look doing it yeah like I think she for me that's she's a good role model in that sense because she encourages me to push myself further yeah that and the red wine <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I love that <laughs> Is there anything you want to add? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Uh, just, yeah, the, obviously follow the uh, the T-Spot on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And that's what, I'm, not, I'm not being corny. Thank you for allowing me to be the first white guest. I appreciate it. <laughs> Pale Peach. And you a plaque in the post or something. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. That's really cool. Thank you. That's made me smile. Dance yeah. I mean, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. Like, I'm sure there'll be many other great white people on the podcast. <laughs> not as great as me, then. <laughs> no, not as great as the first. I'll make sure to let them know that as well. I, I'll DM all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, being our guest for take two of um, of recording. Let's hope this one goes goes without a hitch. But yeah, yeah, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Great. Um, we have that for the podcast. Follow us on Spotify, podcast, Google Podcast. Leave a glowing review for us on our podcast if you subscribe there. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at, at, at Blackboard Podcast and Twitter at Blackboard Podcast, BLK Boyd Boy Pod. And if there's nothing else, then thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.